Amen. Hey, good morning, church. Great to be in God's house with you. Love you guys. So awesome. Yeah. You guys are amazing. It's a full house. Bring in your friends and family. That's well done. That's awesome. We're glad you're here. We're not a perfect church. We don't want you to think we are. Uh, we're not a perfect people. If you've been here before, you already know we prove that weekly. But it's not an excuse to live a sloppy life or be a broken people. We are here because we know we need Jesus, and God's provided that Jesus for us so that we can live differently and be made new in the power of God. And so as God restores us and makes us new, join us on this incredible journey called Christianity, where God himself transforms us and makes us new. It's pretty awesome. It really is. It's not what you've been told it is. It's not what you think it is. God is amazing. And every week when we come together, I ask you some accountability questions. And so I'm going to ask those to you briefly because we have things to do today. Get on with what God's doing, okay? So, well, before I do that, I've got to tell you some stuff. I'm sorry. But if I don't, I'll never do it. And then I'll be like later on saying, why didn't I do that? Somebody should tell me. So I remembered. It's a good thing. Change is happening. Change is a good thing. All right? It's something we need to embrace and understand that God is up to something. And we are often uncomfortable with change, but God is very comfortable with it because he's creator and he's making all things new. And therefore, what he does is create newness. And newness does away with oldness, which is actually change. So God's up to something. We've been saying he's moving. And he is moving. As you know, Robin Davis stepped away from leading our kids ministry downstairs, Kids XP. And uh, Kelly Garman stepped into that role. She's been down there for a few weeks. You've been checking your kids in out here in the lobby. You're going to continue to do that. At the end of service, you'll pick up your kids out there as well as they're being checked back out. Now, I tell you that because Pastor George, who was leading our discipleship, um, retired a second time. He already retired from ministry, then he retired from doing that with us. And so he's teaching and he's staying with us and he's part of our family. But he stepped away from the discipleship role. And another change that's happening uh, that is just public this week. We've been working on it behind the scenes, but Pastor Stephen and Michaela are expecting a baby in October. Pastor Stephen is going to, yeah. Uh, so he is going to step aside from being the youth pastor. He's going to continue here on staff as the young adult pastor that they started on Friday nights. Going to continue to do that, but he's um, going to step away from the youth ministry and so we are right now currently in the process of searching for a new youth pastor that will help and oversee the children's ministry with Kelly to help to uh, mentor her and lead her along and build that team that's down there so we as a church body need to be praying and asking God to direct us to the right person I've already been making outreach for um, connections and things and we're just waiting for God to do his thing I don't have a timetable um, Stephen is starting another position here in town on September 1st, but he's going to be able to accommodate both things for a season until we get that uh, staffed. So as we negotiate through all these changes, I want you to know I'm not discouraged. It's not a bad thing. It's a God thing. And as we let God lead us, that change leads to development and growth and opportunities with God. And so he's all about that. With that, we've also been given that opportunity that you know about to begin to live stream our service down at the Gospel Rescue Mission. Many of you showed up yesterday as we were down on the campus to do a little bit of a beginning ceremony, teaching, showing uh, what we're about to do. We are not live down there today. They wanted us to start three weeks ago, but they're, on their end, they were not able to receive the service yet. So we are 
uh, going to be in contact with them this week, but starting when they're ready in God's time, we will be projecting a live stream service there, this service, down to the Gospel Rescue Mission, and we'll have people from this campus down there as hospitality people and greeters and prayer partners to work with them in the chapel. And we believe that we also have an online audience that's across our country and stuff, and actually people from across the, the ocean have written to us that have t- tuned into our service. So we welcome all of you that are online as well. And I'm sharing this with you so that we can all be praying for the expansion of God's kingdom and the transformation of Tucson and everything around us that we believe that God is up to something and we want to be part of that something and this is the stuff that God's doing. So it's exciting as we look at those changes. So just be ready and and active and waiting for what God wants you to do and where he wants to plug you in in your service of him because he's got something for you, okay? So let's be open. Let's be ready for what he's got us doing and let's jump in in full obedience to all that God has planned for us. It's pretty cool what he's up to, okay? So you spend some time in God's word this week, listening to him, hearing from him as you spent time in the word of God. If you did that, would you say yes? yes? In that week that you walked with God and you're living your faith and you're experiencing his presence, not just in church, but in life, you were at your work. We watched a video at the beginning of service about that in the streets, where you get your coffee, where you shop, what you do in life, where you're at school. Did you at that any point run into someone that God brought into your path that you shared a God story with. Did you do that? In this week that demanded time of you, driving you, calling on you, did you spend time alone with God outside of simply telling him what he needed to do for you, but actually just to be with him? Did you do that? Do you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Are you giving as God has asked you to give in all three areas of time, talents, and resources? Are you doing that? Didn't you invite someone to church with you this week? Have you been praying and working on God's goal for us for 2019 of each one of us reaching one person, teaching them what it means to be a follower of Christ? Are you doing that? Okay. Sunday mornings I come into the campus and uh, regular routine, arrive on the motorcycle. Usually I'm the first one here, anywhere from 6.30 to 7. Begin to open the property up do the various things to get ready for service. In the process of what happens in the morning, I try and take some time as well to pray for my brothers and sisters who are leading other churches and ministries all around. I have a prayer list of people, including you all, that I pray for every day, and I pray for these pastors and the ministries that God has over them. So on Sunday mornings, as I'm praying and I'm looking, preparing myself for what God's going to do today, I... um, I ask him to give me an encouraging word that I might send to my friends. And so God often speaks a word to me. If he doesn't, I don't send him anything. But he often gives me a word of encouragement, challenge, just a word to send them. So as I'm praying in the glass chapel over here, getting ready for first service, I'm sitting in the back by myself and I'm praying and I'm saying, God, what is it that you want to say? And God spoke a question to me. And when he spoke a question to me, Immediately, my thought was it was for me to send to someone because that's what I was asking him for. But as I sat there listening to the question that he asked, I realized that God was nudging me and he was saying, Dave, I'm asking you. I want to share that question with you. And the question that God asked me was, what do you expect God to do today? 
what do you expect God to do today? And so as I was thinking, I'm going to send this to other people. I want them to ask that question of themselves. God was saying, Dave, what do you expect me to do today? And so it caught me that much off guard. Because as I stepped back from the question and the thought of everyone else, I realized something. I had expectations for all of you but I didn't have any for myself. And God was saying, what do you expect from me today? And when I thought about it, I had like this revelation of a moment because God's saying, I want to do something. Do you expect me to? What is it that you're looking for me to do in your life, in you? Not in the ministry that I've called you to serve, not in the city where I've planted you to be a light, in you. What do you, Dave, expect from me today? And so, church, I ask you that question. What do you expect God to do for you today? I want you to think about it, and I want you to share it with the person sitting next to you. What is it that you expect God to do for you today? Not for them, for you. Share with them what you're expecting from God. Go. If you don't expect something from him, you already have it. <laughs> so you got what you came for. So don't go home complaining that church didn't do anything for you today. Right? I'm, I'm being serious. I mean, we're not coming here just to have church time. We're coming here because God's called us. We're coming here because God wants to meet with us. We've come in here because we know he's God. We know he has something for us, so then expect something from him. Now, as you expect something from him, now I have a follow-up question. What can God expect from you? We pretty much all have expectations for him. What can God expect from you? I want you to tell someone next to you, what God can expect from you today. Go ahead. <clears throat> so, now that we have established something, now we have established that we are expecting God to do something and we're expecting to respond to God, then God is going to do something and we're going to respond to it. Now I want to help you to understand what it is that God expects from all of us right here, right now in this very moment. There's one thing God expects from us. That's surrender. That's what he's asking for. That's all he wants. That's what he expects. And that's what he's asking. Surrender. 
And you may say, I already surrendered. Today, God is asking you to surrender. So here's the deal. God gave us the sovereignty to be whoever we want to be. When God breathed into humanity and gave life and soul and spirit to us, he created us in the very beginning and gave us life. When humanity said, we'll do it our way, we exhaled God. When we exhaled God, sin was born. Sin is death, and therefore we were the living dead. We are the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) We're it. The living dead, walking around with the absence of God because we breathed his breath out of us. But when we breathed God's breath out of us, we retained what he made us. And therefore, because God made us in his image and likeness, we had the ability to choose to be. And therefore, with the absence of God, we became God to ourselves. Because if God is not the God of our life, we are. And therefore, with that sovereignty that God gave to us, the ability to be, choose whatever we want to do, whatever we want to be, and we have that right and ability, we chose not to follow his ways. We chose our ways over his ways. And therefore, we continue to live as the dead. And the whole while that we were living dead, we were pursuing life. And we were looking for life because life is love. Love is God. God is love, 1 John 4. And as a walking dead person seeking life, I pursued life in many ways, in many areas, and looked to fill the void and the emptiness of the absence or the God space that was now vacant in my life. And in the pursuit of trying to fill that and choosing to be God, I tried everything to fill that vacancy. And with everything I tried to fill that, I became numb, broken, abandoned. I was wounded and hurt and broken. And because of that emptiness that I strive to fill with all kinds of things in life, I began to wreak judgment upon not only myself, but everyone around me. And the judgment that I brought upon everyone was the actions of my own life and my own sovereignty of choosing to not follow God, but follow self, which is sin. And the sin that owned me, that I thought I was God of, brought about a harvest of destruction. And in that brokenness, in that despair, as I sought God, I began to lash out at other people and other things, myself and at God himself, because of the emptiness that I felt, the desire to be filled, but not knowing how to fill, yet I knew how to get it filled. I knew he was the answer, but I did not want his answer. I wanted my answer on my terms. I wanted my kind of a God to be my kind of a God. Therefore, I wanted to be God. Therein lies the very root of sin. Therein lies the emptiness of Dave. 
Therein lies the shell of a man. Let us read in God's word what he says to us. Because in the moment that Dave came and said, I'm done, I surrender. I know you are God. I can't do it on my own. I need you. However you did it, church, whatever words you used, whatever was that your brokenness that came, that you recognized that you were not God and you needed God, that you needed a Savior and Jesus was it, whatever that moment happened, however it took place, you know, you know, God breathed life in you. Are you a Christian? You've experienced that moment where Jesus Christ is your Savior and you have been born new. You know that? If you don't know that, I want you to know you can be today. Before the service is over, I expect God to speak to you. And I know you will. And God is going to call you from your brokenness and your sin and offer life to you. I know this and I expect God today to those of you who know Him to stop living in the brokenness and today you will step into newness. I want you to know that God expects this of you. He's calling this to you. And we're going to look in the Word of God and He's going to affirm the Scriptures and the truth and what I know. Here's what happened to me this morning. As I began to think about what I expected of God, I got out my phone, I opened my notes, and I began to write stuff. And what I expect from God. And as I looked at it for Dave, I saw these things unfolding. And then I said, God, this is what I expect for your people that will assemble together in your name this day. And I began to see them unfold before my eyes. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, God, I expect that today. I'm not expecting small things. I'm not expecting the same old things. I'm expecting something new. Something completely new. I'm expecting healing, deliverance. I'm expecting life change. I'm expecting people to walk out of here not the same. Thank you. I know this. The guy that rode his motorcycle in there and parked it out there by the curb. Actually, I rode my brothers. Walking in here and open the gates. I know this, that I am not going to be the guy that walks out that gate, gets on that motorcycle, and drives away. Because this amazing creator God said, you will not be the same. I am doing a work in you. It's not about you. It's not about them. God said, I am God. And I'm going to do something in you. Expect me to change you. God, I expect to be changed. I am not going to be that guy. (laughs) I want to reintroduce myself to you at the end of the service. This is what God's Word says. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. We're going to read more, but we're going to stop there. We're going to read that again. And now, just as you accepted Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Just as you accepted Him as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Just as you accepted Him as your Lord, 
You must continue to follow Him. How did you accept Him? How did you accept Him, church? I want you to know how I accepted Him. It's the same way you did. We recognized, I can't do it on my own. I'm not God. You are. I need you. I'm broken. You're the answer. And in that brokenness, in that moment where I said, you're it. I'm not. I need you. The Word of God says, in the same way, you must follow Him. The acknowledgement that He is and I'm not must continue. It's not just for that moment. It's not just for that born again, made new experience where I have the breath of God restored and the Spirit of God enters. Church, it's not that one and done moment. It says in the Word of God, you must continue to follow in that same way. Sometimes, yeah, man, it's so good. Man, let that sink in. That's so awesome. I don't even have to say anything else, but I'm going to. Uh, about anything, like, come on. Right there in that brokenness, I, I was broken. You know what happened? I've always been broken, but I finally confessed that I was broken. I never could handle it, but I confessed I couldn't handle it. I knew I was not God. I simply had to confess I was not God. I knew He was God, but I had to confess that He was God. I knew Jesus was the Savior, but I had to confess that He was the Savior. That brokenness of the emptiness of who I was had to be changed into who He is to make me. And in the very moment that Jesus entered my life, He called me to stay in that humble place of following Church, let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. That's the very next statement. Oh, wait a minute. So now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. See, you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. He's God. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, that cutting away of your sinful nature. Thank you, God. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. If you haven't been baptized in your faith, you need to be baptized in your Christian faith. We're having one coming up. Sign up for it. And with Him... You were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all our sins. He 
canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Oh, come on. There's a time for you to clap if there ever was one. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. The whole record, man, gone. That's God. All right. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. That is amazing. So good, man. So I'm asking you, are you a follower of Jesus? If we're following Jesus, that means he's leading, right? If he's leading, that means I'm following. That means I'm not God. That means he is. The word of God just says, the way I accepted him, I'm following him. As I'm following him, my roots are growing down in him, and my life is being built upon him. So we're given a very clear picture of a newness that is now all about him. My life is no longer about me. My life is about him. It's for him. It's through him. It's called maturing and growing in your faith. And therefore, you are to continue to grow in that faith, continuing to allow the Spirit of God to transform you. God is not just there to be called upon in your difficulties. Here's the problem that I see in the church that we have brought from our old way of living. Look, um, people always say they believe in God. I mean, there's very few people that will say they don't believe in God. There are a few atheists, but atheists are usually people that are angry at God. So they just claim he doesn't exist. They know he does. But I want to talk to you guys because think about it. Before you came to Christ, you always believed in God. You knew he was there. And even when you weren't following him, when any kind of crisis or something happened in your life, you called on him. And you wanted him to intervene. You wanted God to do something. You wanted God to change your circumstances. But you really didn't want to follow him. You wanted him to work for you, but you didn't want to live for him. Okay, so now let's just pause for a second and fast forward to today. Now we've believed in him, not just believed he is. We've accepted his forgiveness. We are following him. And yet sometimes we still treat him the same way as if he's over here and only when I need him do I invite him to the front. Only when I'm facing a crisis do I call upon him to move. Only when I'm facing something that I can't handle do I need him to move. And yet in the word of God, I am told that as I follow him, I don't invite him into a place. He's leading me into a place. If God is leading me into a place, I don't need to invite him there. If God is in that place, I don't need to ask him to come and be there. We use very bad terminology. I use it. We in the church use it. We invite God into his house, and he's here. He's everywhere. Okay, then we invite him into our life. Then we invite him into our circumstance. Then we invite him to do something while he's there. I want you to know that God is, God's moving. God's doing something, and the problem is that we're not looking at him, seeing him, or watching for what he's doing. 
because we're so busy being in charge again, living life for me and not for him, that we miss him, get ourselves in situations that we shouldn't be, and then all of a sudden, hey God, fix it. The word of God is saying we're following. We're following. He's leading. We're growing. We're maturing. We're getting stronger in our faith. It's time we grow up, church. Have you heard that a couple times in the last few weeks? So, His will in all things above ours. The thing is, is that uh, oftentimes we've been so used to being in charge and making decisions that we forget that we're still in surrender mode. And the fact of the matter is, is God's saying, I'm in charge, let me be God, follow me. So I want you to know that he has a plan for your life. This amazing God is so detailed. He's incredible. I don't know if you guys uh, take a moment to look at the pictures that periodically show up on uh, online and stuff, news, whatever, from the Hubble Space Telescope, you know? I'm fascinated by that stuff. I don't, like, visit it, you know, frequently, but I do occasionally. And when I looked at it and what I saw this week, I want you to just stop for a moment with me and think about this. No human being on planet Earth has ever seen the things that we're seeing. No one. No one. I mean, that's mind-blowing in and of itself. But when I look at what's going on out there, and I see it happening, and then there's this, like, I don't know the scientific words, okay? Just So just bear with me for a second because I'm going to use Dave termin- terminology. Like there's these little places out there in space that are vast and ginormous, you know? But it's this little spot where stars are being produced and it's just kind of like going and they're being flung out. And the Word of God says that God names every one of them. And we, in all of our amazing genius of humanity exploring this vastness of the universe are still like going out finding stuff and science doesn't want to acknowledge God so they're trying to figure it out and give us examples of stuff but if we in the faith of the church would step back and look at that and say that's the God I serve doing this and the fact that he's saying like there goes Joe there goes Sue there goes Dave there goes Kim you know every one of those stars that are happening God has a plan and it's perfect. And he's got a life expectancy on those stars. And he has things that they're doing that we have no clue about. When we look up in the darkness of night and you see the stars and the depths and the darker places you visit on the planet, there's depth. And it keeps going. And this amazing God did all that. Why? We don't even know yet. We don't even have a clue. So now hear me. If this God that does all of that, and by the way, right in our own oceans, it cracks me up that we think we're so smart and yet we're still discovering new species on our own planet in the water, right? It's like, oh, what is that? I don't know. Let's name it. Figure it out. Why is that down there? You know, it's crazy. God made that. That thing's been swimming around in there since he said, let there be creatures in the water. He made it for a purpose. We don't know why. This amazing God has this perfect plan and it's happening on this universe it's amazing so 
Don't you think he can handle you? Don't you think he's got a plan for you? Seriously. The church is just, we have, we're just stupid sometimes. I'm just confessing to you. <laughs> Pastors and church leaders, and we've been so dumb sometimes, you know, where it's like, ah, we've sold God short to you. I want you to know that God has this incredible plan for you. He knows you. If he's naming the stars in the heavens, he not only knows your name, he has a plan for you. God has a plan. God is not just throwing you out there and saying, I hope you make it. (laughs) God has a plan. If God has a plan, don't you think he cares about where you live? He has your address. So if you're looking for a new place to live, God already has it. We're waiting for him to show us. Stop looking for what you want and start asking God to lead you to where he has for you. God has a place for you because God created you. He is masterfully working in you and he's got a mission field for you. It's not about your house. It's not about your address. It's about God's work, God's kingdom because your life is now built on him and his plan. And guess what? His plan is to redeem the people you come in contact with. All right? So... Why, all of us as Christ followers, why are we stressing about residencies, housing, jobs, careers, plans? Should I get married? Just stop already. Let God lead you. Let Him show you what He wants in your life. And when you follow Him, it won't be a question. I want you to know it's all about Him. It's not about you. Do you remember when you made decisions in your life how jacked up they were? You and I both sucked as God. God is God. Let him be in charge. It will be right. You've got to surrender. Stop taking control. You suck at it. Come on. We already know that. That's why we came to Jesus. So why are we constantly wrestling with him? Why are we trying to invite him where we want to go? So here's the other thing. Wherever you are, your residence, your work, your school, wherever you have coffee, wherever you shop, God placed you there to be a missionary. He said you're to be the light. You're the salt. You're to be Christ in that community. So why are you complaining? Why are you complaining, church? Listen to me. I want you to hear me from my heart. We aren't even thankful in church. We complain in church. We're the people of God. Do you know what the word says that I just read to you from the scripture? He tells us that when we come to him and accept him in the same way we're to follow him, our roots grow, our life is built on him, our faith grows stronger, and as a result, we will overflow with thankfulness. Yep. Overflow with thankfulness. So let me ask you, why are you griping about your house, your car, your work, your school, your church, your coffee? your store, your people. Why are you complaining? God led you there. 
God led you there. Therefore, be thankful. He is the one that is giving you life. God gave you life. God is what your life's all about. It's not about you anymore. It's about Him. Therefore, when we see Him above the current circumstance, I am thankful because when I see what my life is now all about, it's not about the moment. It's about Him. It's not about my circumstances. It's about Him. Sometimes circumstances can be bad. But guess what? I can overflow with thankfulness because I know my life is being led by the Father. And if the Father led me here, He's got a plan while I'm here, and He's got a plan to take me out. I don't mean take me out. You can do that. (laughs) But bring me out of that situation. Right? All right. (laughs) You can. All right. All right. Anyway, is He in charge or not? Is He leading? Are you following? There's nothing worse than someone sitting in the back seat or the passenger seat constantly telling you how to drive, what to do, where to go, and how to do it, isn't there? Come on, you can just be honest. Let's just confess it, all right? Yeah, a solo seat motorcycle, too. All right, so, I mean, I, I just, this is Dave, just telling you, this is Dave. I guarantee you, in my mind, that God has been leading me, and at times he's just like this. Oh, please, just shut up. (laughs) I love you, honey. I'm going to say this to my wife. There's been moments on our trips. I'll just say, Kim, why don't you just recline that chair and go to sleep? Not, I mean, I'm serious. I'm just like, I'm totally fine if you just sleep. And so, (laughs) there's probably been a few moments where God was thinking the same thing about me. As I'm going in life, he's just like, Dave, kick back for a minute. You just need to lay down, dude. Shut up. Go to sleep. I'll wake you up when we get there. All right? (laughs) So, church... Overflowing with thankfulness. Man, please. I'm going to get real personal here. Before you leave today, why don't like 10 or 20 of you walk right by that sound booth in that tech area and thank those people for volunteering and serving God in your church. (laughs) Because they hear a lot of complaining. Shame on you. Overflowing with thankfulness. Let's be real. Right? I'm being I'm being real. Let's let's go to our workplace tomorrow. Everything at work's not gonna be okay. It's Monday. Let's be real. Not everybody's gonna do what they're supposed to do, do they ever? People are going to have expectations that you do everything and then some. Right? Come on. So what are we going to do? How are we going to live? How are we going to react? Be thankful. 
let your life overflow with thankfulness for God. Not for them, not for their ineptness, not for their brokenness, not for their unrealistic expectations, not for their unreal meeting of their own basics. Church, we're overflowing with thankfulness for the amazing God who has led us there because God has called us to be a light. Do you know why we haven't yet seen a revival in Tucson? Because the church is not overflowing with thankfulness. Seriously. Because, see, when we're a Christ follower and we continue to follow him in that humble place of you are God and I am not, and I am broken and I need you, and I continue to grow in that understanding, the incredible God that I serve, I begin to see his perfection in all things and that I'm not a mistake. I'm not just aimlessly wandering. He has an exact point and place and perfection in what he's doing in and through my life. I can just stand there and just be in awe of what he's doing around me not on me isn't that great if your life is not overflowing with thankfulness why not why not maybe it's because we're still trying to be God maybe it's because we're still fighting with him about where we are maybe we're still wrestling with who's in charge about my circumstances you're gonna lose okay you please church As we grow in our faith, can we just not get caught up in the latest nonsense that's going on out there in the world? I mean, he talks about it right here. Like, he says this. The human nonsense that's out there that's attached to the spirit worlds of authority on planet Earth. It's like, somehow in the church, we're still looking for this um, mystical revelation of God. Guess what? He's given it to us in the Word of God. He's made it personal through Jesus Christ. He's filled us with His Holy Spirit. I want you to know this mystical, amazing God has already given you revelation. It's Jesus. So stop looking for something new out there. It doesn't exist. It only exists in and through Jesus Christ. So don't get caught up in spiritualist stuff. Don't even be overwhelmed by the magical or the mystical of the spirit world that's out there. You know God. He is God and the true spirit, and he's at work. If it is not founded in and through Jesus Christ, it's a lie. I don't care what they're telling you. If people come to you and start talking to you about faith, beliefs, experiences they've had in their life, this is the question you ask. Who is Jesus? I want you to tell me. I'm telling you. You ask them this. Who is Jesus to you? If he is not God, if he's not the one and only Savior of the world, then whatever they're telling you is a lie. Reject it. I don't care how it looks how it feels, how your experiences are, how mystical it can be, what magical stuff is happening over there. If it's not in and through Jesus Christ, it's a lie. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The work that he's done for us, the work he's done in us, and the work he's doing through us, it's all about Jesus, church. Come on. So here's what God did. That old Dave that was in charge, that was just, he was so bad at being God. God came in and did an operation. This is what the Word of God says. You know, that guy, that guy, he literally cut him off of me. And he killed me. He killed me by hanging me on the cross over there with Jesus. Because you know what? That old me was all about me. 
wrapped in sin, destruction, empty of life. And so God did an amazing, amazing spiritual procedure. And the Apostle Paul gives us a physical example of saying, you understand, everybody, what circumcision is. He wants you to know, God says, I did that to your heart. I removed that old you. It's no longer there. When you accepted Christ, he cut that out of you. There was something amazing that God did and he took away that old Dave and he nailed it on the cross. And this is what the word of God says. That God put Dave to death and in Christ he raised him to new life because God then now lives within Dave and that old Dave does not exist any longer. Church... Stop trying to be in control like you used to be. You're dead. Stop talking to the dead. Stop letting the dead talk to you. That person does not exist. They don't own you. They don't dictate your life. You are not stuck there anymore. You are made new in Christ. That is not God. He is God. I humbly come to Him. I'm growing in this. That doesn't own me anymore. Come on! It's still yapping. It's in the hand of Satan because it's the sin that owned me. See, I thought I was in control, but did you hear what the Word of God said? The spiritual powers and authority, that's what owned me. That thinking I'm in charge, oh my goodness, you're a slave to brokenness. And so here's Satan with his little hands inside of that old Dave, mouthing, you can't change. This is who you are. You're no different. You'll never make it. You'll be back. You can't change. That's not who you... This is who you are. This is... You know this is who you are. Have you heard him? Yep. He's dead. So, God tells me that when Dave died, and with that death, God forgave all of my sins. All of them. (laughs) And here's what God said. I read it to you. He canceled the record that was held against me because you see, prior to Jesus, I had a growing record. It might not have been in any judicial system, but it was in the judge's system. And I had a long record of wrongs. And the moment I said yes to Jesus, he wiped the slate clean. He did not leave one of those things on my record. Not one. Blows my mind that all the while, I mean, come on, church. I mean, that is just crazy. That in the moment I finally said, yeah, you're God. I need you. He just went. (laughs) Clean record. Free. Expunged of all that I did wrong. Jesus paid my death sentence. He took the shot for me. And because of that, he says, you're free. You're free. Live in this freedom. Live in this new life. And this is what it tells us that I read to you. This is, I mean, I'm just, this is great stuff. 
in this way. We're talking about what he did by canceling, removing, being made new. It's still the same scriptures. He, capital H, being Jesus, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so church, he disarmed them. So here's the old owner of Dave, Satan. He did have power and authority over me. We gave it to him in sin. God gave us sovereignty and authority on planet earth. We surrender it to Satan when we sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Therefore, we have surrendered the authority that God put in us to the enemy. Therefore, he was the authority of my life. All the while, I thought I knew God. I knew what I was doing. I didn't care. I was this. I I, I thought I was making decisions. I was nothing more than a slave. And I was owned by a power that was greater than me, that was bent on my destruction. The word of God says... He disarmed them. He took all their authority away from them. He took away the power they held over me. Jesus did this. And how did he do it? I love this because, listen, think about the crucifixion. The crucifixes that we look at always have a loincloth on Jesus, but the true crucifixions, they were naked. It was all about shame, humiliation, and brokenness, stripping them of everything. So now if you would just picture this in your mind for a moment, the picture we have of crucifixion is one of shame and brokenness. For that is what it is. But let's look at what God's word just said to us. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them in the cross. Get that in your head, man. He shamed them. He broke that authority. Let's let's visit a story here for a moment in the Bible. Do you remember when sin entered the scene, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? Do you remember what it says? They saw that they were naked and they were ashamed. The sin that owned us caused us to understand shame Fear of self, fear of exposure, fear of being seen. Here is our Savior paying the price for that sin. (laughs) Shaming publicly by his victory on the cross, saying, I'm owning this to set you free from that shame and that brokenness that owned you. Church, can we stop living in the brokenness that Jesus has taken from us, cut out of our lives and killed and start living in the newness that is in Christ. Stop listening to the voice that is calling us back and start listening to the voice that is calling us forward as we follow Him the same way, growing stronger in our faith. I don't need to listen to Him anymore. His days are long dead and gone. I am a new creation in Christ. That is not who I am.
That is not who I am. I am who I am in Christ. And I am a new creation. The enemy has defeated. Therefore, I join Christ in this victory. We just like stand up for the glory of God. There's no power in that. Do you know the Word of God says that we are new creations? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. What in the world are we doing back there? Looking back there. Living back there. Talking back there. Allowing that to call us back into back there. Oh my goodness, church, there is something new for us today. This incredible God wants to set us free. He wants to deliver us. He wants to heal us of our past. He wants us to see that there's a hope for a better tomorrow in Him, that we can actually live overflowing with thankfulness in the amazing grace of God. (laughs) All right. If God is in your life and you're a Christ follower, then I want you to know that God has done that work in you. It's done. It's done. All your sin has been removed from you. Therefore, if God has removed the sin from you, why would we ever listen to that voice saying, that's who I am? In the name of Jesus, I bind that voice, that lying, deceiving, destructive voice. And I refuse to listen any longer. I am listening to the voice of authority of the God who created the galaxies and the universe, who spoke life into existence, who said, Dave, you are now alive. I am now going to make you what I intended to make you when you were created in your mother's womb. I have a plan for your life. I'm going to do something through you. That's the one I'm going to listen to. I'm no longer going to listen to that thing. You're an introvert. You can't do that. You suck at that. You'll never succeed. There's no way. That's a lie. My God has got a plan for me. He's got a plan for you. Let's step into that newness and start living it, church. All right, so do you have a clean slate this morning? If you have a clean slate this morning, we celebrate that newness in Christ, that newness of who we are, the fact that we are alive and well in Christ today. Then God has a challenge for us right here to insert in this very moment of the message. You probably thought I was on action steps. It's only 20 after. (laughs) This is something very serious that God has asked me to bring into this moment of the message. Um, This whole message that's been building is like, wow, the newness of what we have, right? This exciting life in Christ that is available to us. And so now in this moment that I recognize the newness that God's given, the work that he's done in me, the removal of the old, the clean slate, the canceled records. I mean, we ought to be overflowing with like revival excitement. We, I believe you are, and, and you're responding amazingly, and we ought to be. And so here as we celebrate this transformation of God in our lives, recognizing how completely he's changed us and the fact that he's in charge and that he is God, um, all through the simple act of forgiveness. Uh, we need to search our hearts in the light of that forgiveness and ask, um, God, who have I not forgiven the very same way? And here's where we turn to the corner right here. If God canceled the record against me, why is it that we in the church as believers think that we can have a record against others? 
the third time God's had me bring this up in the last three weeks. When it came up this morning as I was putting my notes together for today, I had to pause for a minute because in my mind, Dave, you know, I was thinking, uh, this doesn't fit in. Like, I, I mean, it does, but you know what I mean? Like, we just said this. And the Lord was just like, do it. And so as I look at that, and I'm thinking, if I celebrate the canceled record that I have, because the Creator said, done. Remember that moment? You remember that moment? Where it was just like, okay, God. And He's like, it's all gone. The Word of God says, God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. This whole record. So now in this moment, God says to me and you, right here in this room, that's what I did. That's what I expect. Why do you have that? Why hold on to that? Why do you allow yourself to be the judge and to be God over those people in your life? What makes you think that you can hold against them what you're holding against them. See, when God forgave us all of our sins, it wasn't just the small ones. It wasn't just the easy ones. All our sins. And if God did that, then that means that I have to forgive all their sins. Not just the easy ones. Not just the ones that... Yeah, all. The broken ones the people that broke us, people that intended to harm us, that violently did things against us. God says, let it go. Clean slate. Forgive. Same way I have. Church, I read you three sections of Scripture. Colossians 3, I read to you last week. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 12, in the middle of the prayer, the prayer that we're talking to God about, and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who've sinned against us. Matthew 6, he follows up the Lord's Prayer with a little further teaching. If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Herein lies the very foundation of our relationship with God. It is in surrender, forgiveness, and therefore a relationship is born, right? Therefore, God says that you must release the same way every single person that has ever done anything wrong against you in the exact same way. And if you don't, I don't. I want my record expunged. I don't want that held against me. That is not who I am. I don't want to live there. Therefore, there is no way I want anyone in this room, anyone in this world, to be anyone that I would judge or hold something against to bring that back up on me. No way. And therefore, when I look at what God says, He says, here's the answer. It's me, it's forgiveness, it's surrender, it's relationship. To forgive requires Surrender. Right? So we were talking about surrendering to God. Now we need to surrender to self. Because you see, 
when we don't forgive, we become God again. Which is the very root of sin. When we don't forgive, we take the place of God because God forgives. And he's telling us, forgive. Holy Spirit, as we are here with you, we acknowledge your presence. We know that you are here. We know that you're in this room. We know that you're in our hearts. And Holy Spirit, if there's anyone that we are holding a record against, we ask you, Jesus, that you would speak through the Spirit to our hearts, that their names might come up in us, that we might forgive them and give them to you right now. Church, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do that. He's going to do that right now. We're just going to pause and wait on Him. Holy Spirit, if there's anyone, bring it up. If the Spirit of God brings anyone up to you right now, in the name of Jesus, we need to give that person to Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, I forgive them. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive. And you can say their name in your heart to Him. You don't have to say it out loud. In the name of Jesus, I forgive. forgive them? Church, do you forgive them? Is the slate clean? All the names are gone? The sin removed? Isn't God amazing? 1 Timothy chapter 1 says this, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I I'm the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. <laughs> and others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Praise God, man. I want everybody in this room to know you're not too far gone. You haven't sinned too much. God's grace is able to reach you wherever you are, no matter what you've done. God has written in His Word. He is telling us something. You are not beyond His reach. You're not too far gone. Not too much has happened to you that you can't not only be forgiven, but you can give forgiveness. This is the amazing God of all things that we're talking about. Receive it from Him. If you do not know Him as your personal Savior, I want you to know you are reachable, forgivable, and He loves you. He wants to make you new today. Today. God wants to expunge your record and give you a new lease on life. He wants that old you to die and you to come to life in Christ today. Would you stand with me, church? We're going to have a little bit of an extended altar call. We'll call those kids up in the lobby for the parents. Trustworthy saying. Here's what we're asking today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, will you walk forward right now to ask Him into your life? 
I'm talking to sinners that don't know Christ. I'm not talking about Christians who are living in sin. Just stop for a moment. I'm being very clear on that. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you to walk out here and come forward and receive who He is. He wants you to know Him. Come on. If you don't know Jesus, come and get Him. He loves you. We're making you walk out in front of us because you'll never live out there if you don't walk out there when we're all looking around. We're here to cheer you on. We know what it's all about. We've been in your shoes. You need Jesus. Come on forward. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. There's no one that needs to come forward to receive Christ, but then I'm going to talk to you that, that have received him. Okay? Here's what I want to talk to you about right here. It's in God's word. We've been reading about it. We've been talking to him about it, and he's been challenging us. If you are a Christ follower, are you listening to the old voices, and are they telling you who you are, or are you believing who God says you are and walking in the newness of life? If you've been listening to the old you, and you've been listening to that lie, then you need to come up here and have a funeral for yourself. You need to put it to death. Stop talking to it. Stop visiting it. Walk away. Leave it right here at the altar. It is no longer alive. It is no longer you. You need to leave it. Have that funeral in the name of Jesus. Renounce it and walk away. Come on. People are coming. You know who you are. You're the one that's been having the conversation. Stop giving them the ear. You're made new. You're free. That's not you any longer. Some of you maybe when we were talking had a little hard time forgiving. And you're still negotiating on that. It's not a negotiation. You're not working on it. Come on. This isn't like, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I'll, I'm working. No. Look, if there's anyone you need to forgive, right now is the moment. You can bring them up, lay them on the altar, and walk away from them. Leave them in God's hands. You can't do anything about it anyway. Come on, lay them here. You need to come up and lay somebody down? Bring them up. Bring them up. Carry them with you. They're heavy. Lay them down and walk away free. God's inviting you to end this right here today. End it. Lay them down. Don't carry them out with you. Lay them down. We're going to leave free today. We're going to leave new today. We're going to leave in the power of God today. We're not going to leave the same way we came. Church, we are made new. God is at work. He's the one that's doing the work in us. It's all over. It's all over. Come on. We're done with it. End it. In the name of Jesus, every one of you here at the altar, in the name of Jesus, it's over. There they are. Done. Released. Free. Breathe in the new life, man. Breathe in the new life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Celebrate, church, that newness that he has for us. All of you parents, get out there and get your kids. Would you? God bless you. Have an amazing day. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. He's amazing.